Jesus is the all-knowing God. Let's talk about it on today's edition of Renew Network Podcast. When I was a kid, I was sure that my mom had superpowers. Uh, One of the reasons why is because often um, when we would get home from school, uh, she would already know about some of the shenanigans we got in, either walking to or from school, and I never understood how she had advanced knowledge of things that I had done that I did not tell her about. And it kind of amazed my brothers and I um, as we were walking about 12 city blocks to school uh, when we were elementary aged. And there were many, many, many uh, days where we got into some shenanigans going to or from school. Uh, Snow fights and walking up and down alleys that we weren't supposed to be in and all of these things. And somehow mom always knew or gave us the impression she knew. And it put the fear in us. We didn't want to... Uh, get in trouble. Uh, and so uh, we were always amazed by that knowledge she had. The truth is, they were a network of moms all the way to and from school on the path that we normally took that saw everything and communicated with each other. Pretty clever. Uh, but uh, we were amazed nonetheless at what appeared to be our mom's all knowing powers. In reality, Jesus does know everything. He has perfect foreknowledge of everything that will take place in our lives. He can see into the future. He knows the future because he's already in the future. He is the God who's Alpha and Omega, the God who knows the beginning from the end and who knows the end from the beginning because he was there for it all. And um, we can be confident that what God knows uh, is uh, absolutely Uh, 100% true and accurate. And there's an encounter in our next section of Luke chapter 22 uh, and verses 7 through 13 that puts Jesus' all-knowing abilities on display. Um, As we move into this passage, we'll see Jesus and the disciples preparing to share the Passover in the upper room. And Jesus gives them details that only God can know (laughs) about how to make their preparations for that celebration together. All right, my friends, before we get into this section of Luke chapter 22, let's go to the author. Heavenly Father, we come before you today, and for many of us, we are in places that are experiencing frigid cold weather and our hearts and minds go to those in our communities that are less fortunate, that are struggling to find places to stay warm. And Jesus, we pray that uh, the outpouring of our communities and churches would provide warm and safe places for many, many people uh, during this cold snap that seems to be covering a good chunk of our country. And uh, we pray also, Lord, for those other friends who are listening in other places who might have people that they're concerned about as well. And we lift all of those folks to you, Lord, and your heart is moved uh, to those who um, are in special circumstances uh, and often very helpless to change those situations on their own. We lift them before you. We pray for the safety and protection of all of our families and children uh, during this cold time, that uh, furnaces will keep working as they should and water lines will stay open and clear. And uh, we just pray for your protection over our families during this uh, time of cold. And uh, while things slow down because of the weather, 
Help us, Lord, to tune our ears to the sound of your voice, turn our hearts to your word, and help us spend time uh, in your presence, drawn close to you during this time, Lord. And uh, we give you thanks for these moments where we can slow down and, and really listen, and help us listen today to your word, O oh God. Send your spirit to teach us, we pray in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. All right, this is Luke chapter 22, verses 7 through 13. Then came the day of unleavened bread, on which the Passover lamb had to be sacrificed. Jesus sent Peter and John, saying, Go and make preparations for us to eat the Passover. Where do you want us to prepare for it? they asked. He replied, As you enter the city, a man carrying a jar of water will meet you. Follow him to the house that he enters, and say to the owner of the house, The teacher asks, Where is the guest room where I may eat the Passover with my disciples? He will show you a large room upstairs, all furnished. Make preparations there. They left and found things just as Jesus had told them. So they prepared the Passover. Now, yesterday we talked a little bit about the Passover. This is the the Jewish festival day that uh, is a remembrance of um, the 10th plague in Egypt, where the angel of death came through and killed every firstborn child except for those homes that had a swipe of blood on the doorpost. And uh, that swipe of blood signified that that household belonged to the Lord, uh, was part of the family of God, part of the Israelites, and their children would be spared. And this plague was designed to move Pharaoh, uh, to move his heart. His heart had been so hardened against the Israelites And God was breaking his heart by causing these terrible plagues because he wanted Pharaoh to let his people go. And this is one of the the, uh, plagues that helped to convince Pharaoh to let the Israelites go. And so Jesus and his disciples are preparing to celebrate the Passover. Now it's important that we're moving into the time of Jesus' crucifixion. And uh, these are all of the uh, events leading up to And it's interesting that Jesus, the true Passover lamb, is preparing to celebrate Passover with his disciples. And this will be the last one they celebrate together. Uh, If they only knew. (laughs) There's a sense of sorrow as we read it because we, we know what's coming for Jesus. But there's beautiful joy at the thought that our true Passover lamb, Jesus, was preparing to make the ultimate sacrifice for each of us. It's a beautiful thing to think about. And so he tells them to go and make preparations for the Passover. And they say, well, what do you want us to do, Lord? And he gives them some instructions in verses 10 through 12. And he tells them about a situation. He says, you're going to come into the city and there will be a man carrying a jar of water. um, And he's going to meet you as you come in. Follow him to the house that he enters. And then as you get to the house, say to the owner, uh, the teacher asks, where is the upper room that we can meet to have Passover in? Uh, and he'll show them the room. It will be furnished and there to make preparations there. <laughs> so this uh, uh, this bit of knowledge that he gives them shows his all-knowing power. It shows his foreknowledge of all events. Um, he knows all future things because he's already in the future. He's eternal. Jesus doesn't experience time in a linear way like you and I do. He is Alpha and Omega. He's the God who knows the the end from the beginning. And so if he knows the end from the beginning and the beginning from the end, uh, he knows all things. And so he can perfectly predict 
uh, those things that are yet to happen in the future, and that's exactly what he does here. Not to mention, he is the God of all power who can orchestrate all events to fall into place as he as he desires. And uh, so he has orchestrated these events, and he has set forth the people who will help his disciples uh, in advance. And um, I'm not sure how these people knew to respond positively to the Lord's request or how there would be a man uh, meeting them there with a jar of water. Um, he's God, and so he orchestrated these events to happen. Perhaps he impressed upon these men's hearts that they were to be ready for uh, Jesus' disciples to come and ask these questions. It's entirely conceivable. The Holy Spirit can impress instructions and actions in our hearts that we don't understand in the moment, uh, but when things unfold, we totally see what God was up to, and I suspect that's what was happening here. And so his disciples leave, and they find things just as Jesus had told them, and they prepare the Passover celebration for Jesus and the disciples. Ah, there's a weightiness to all of this. Um, these next few chapters, uh, there's a weightiness, and there's no getting around it. My heart uh, struggles here <laughs> because we know what's coming for Jesus. But these are amazing events, um, and we can see that all of the events uh, of Scripture are unfolding in what's happening in Jesus' last moments with his disciples, uh, reinforcing the, the uh, teaching of the prophets, reinforcing the uh, foretelling events of the Scriptures that have gone way before, way ahead of any of these events taking place. God's word is reliable and trustworthy and true. Now, many struggle to put their faith in it because they see the Bible as a book of myths, uh, a book of stories, not a book of actual events, not a book of truths that uh, we can rely on. And they view it only from the narrative perspective and they mine out the narrative aspects of the Bible, the poetry and the uh, prophecy and all of these things, and they view them only from a literary perspective. Um, and the Bible is a beautiful book from a literary perspective. It's a remarkable book from a literary perspective. It's an ancient text that has stood the text the test of time. But the Bible is so much more <laughs> than a literary book. The Bible is God's book, and through the Bible, the Holy Spirit is at work on every page moving hearts uh, with, the, with the power of God's Word. The Bible can move hearts through the Holy Spirit's inspiration and instruction and encouragement. It is a remarkable book. It is a spiritual document first and foremost, and it is latent with power because God is present on every page and His Spirit is speaking through every word. And I hope and I pray that you see that and that you experience that in your own times of studying and meditating on God's Word. All right, my friends, thanks for taking some time to hang out today and, and study with us. Uh, may God continue to impress His Word on your hearts as you consider these things today. God bless.